I'm Dennis Ferris. Welcome to the Limitless Energy Podcast. And today we have a member of our team at Dragonfly, Billy Huss. Billy, welcome to Limitless Energy. Thank you. Uh, so Billy is uh, an important member of the team because his focus is really on grid-tied energy storage systems. So I think I want to go right into it with you. Um, we're talking about backup systems. You've got a backup storage system and you're also tied to the grid. Why do you need that? There's a, a few reasons that you could need that. First, um, I, th I think the biggest market for that right now that we're seeing is folks that want grid tie with battery backup. So when the grid goes down, you have brownouts, or if there's um, the PSPS, power safety shutdowns from PG&E and SoCal Gas, and you have you have power to back up on. So I would say that that's been our, our primary market. That that's, that's been the primary um, need for battery storage. And then there's other ways to offset that. There's time of use, um, there's grid first with, grid, or excuse me, off grid first, and then you can go over onto the grid once you hit a certain state of charge on the batteries. So um, I, I would suspect that more folks are going to start relying more on the battery storage side of things and offsetting their generators because um, no one wants to deal with the gas, no one wants to deal with the loud generators, and most importantly, California's banning generators. So um, I think it's a I think it's a real important necessity for people if they if they want power when these. So you're focusing on California, and California is your home base. But yes. how, how does this pertain nationally? Nationally, it's hit and miss. So we have states like Texas where they've had some major power shutdowns or brownouts because of weather, unsuspectedly. And I would say, if I remember correctly, last time I looked into it, Texas is one of the biggest. Um, they've passed up California renewable energy or solar um, and they're also that's a huge market for battery backup and then there's random states and then um, just just the overall need for folks that they know that it's available and, and they want to start implementing it into their homes um, yeah. right so is this a deficiency of the of the power grid that folks are trying to is it getting more prevalent that, that folks need to start thinking about battery backup systems more frequently? I would say yes. The reason why is because California seems to be a leader in that sense. Uh, they start to adopt more of these uh, new technologies and then it'll roll out into other states. Um, and I would, I would say that California has been really successful where um, permitting and just the overall um, implementation of adding battery storage now is a lot more common where before if there was any DC driven application for permitting it seemed to scare off the inspectors before it was like oh there's batteries associated with it we don't really know what to do we don't really deal with this type of power these aren't things that we're really permitting and now it's you see it on houses all over the place. So I would say that 
the the primary would be the need for the inconsistency of the grid um and then most importantly like the the utility shutdowns where you know the unfortunately the utilities are getting pressed because of accidents fires um, any kind of any kind of tragedies that are going on and now um people are having to take it on themselves to to find their power i mean personally i mean we've experienced you know once or twice a year power safety power shutdowns from pg and e they give us a couple days notice and then boom our power is gone and you you get it back when they feel it's safe if it's not how long busy. does that usually last um i think the last one we had was seven days seven day power shutdown yes wow that's pretty significant yeah all right. Well, I, I can see why that's becoming so important now. I, I take it these systems are, are primarily lead-acid battery systems? No, I would say um, I think a majority of these uh, battery backup systems are, from my experience, are, are lithium-based mm-hmm. um, and mostly power walls, Tesla power walls and LG chems. Um, and I'm hoping... I think we're in a good position to really offset those companies with what we have. Oh, I agree. Um, so, you know, our focus is on storage. We're trying to make storage systems that are really focused towards that sort of uh, longevity, level levelized cost, safety. But obviously, lithium is relatively new in this space. Power walls, you know, were something of that came out in the last decade. Previous to that, how did this industry evolve? How did it start and how did it evolve to where it is now? So um, I've been in this space for almost 15 years. And when I started getting into the residential space, so my background is um, off-grid, battery-based systems, integration. Um, Previous to any of the lithium-based stuff, it was more super complicated systems there was only a couple players in that space big lead acid battery banks uh, really really expensive really tough to install really tough to like monitor or, or keep a pulse on and then over the years it just seemed like within the last five to ten years i would say it's like we've had these breakthroughs where the systems are more integrated to where the battery and the inverter really talk to one another. Um, it was easy to store the battery because, you know, you can only get away with so much lead acid in, in any significant capacity. So, you know, if you're wanting to use like a monoblock based system, you know, you've got a bunch of 12 volt batteries, usually 100 to 160 pounds per battery and then the shelving for them and um, or you have these big cabinets outside so now that the lithiums entered the space they've put them in more of like a a wall mount Um, it's they're easier to install the inverters built into the battery bank Um, I've seen load centers built into the systems so I imagine um, that eventually it's going to just be all in one. You're going to have 
the battery, you're going to have the inverter built in, that's all going to be UL listed. You're going to have the load center built in, it's basically just going to be everything on that, you just backfeed the whole backup grid, it's going to be like a 200 amp service, backfeed the main panel, and that's that. Before, you'd have to have pigtailed separate load center. They were just a lot more complicated. You had to isolate those loads and um, you had to be really picky on what you powered because you're limited on capacity. So, Can we talk about that load center? What, what are the components? What, what's the functionality? What does it need to do? So I didn't touch on everything when we talked of the different types of applications you could use with battery stor storage associated with it. Um, and that kind of falls back on this. So historically, folks would use a load center so that the hybrid inverter could communicate with the critical loads or the, the loads in the that separate load center, and then it can transfer from the grid. What happens is uh, the grid tie inverter will shut down when AC is not recognized. So there's a power outage. The grid tie inverter senses no power, transfers over to the hybrid inverter, and then depending on the type of application, if it's like a DC coupled system, for example, it would just transfer over to the hybrid inverter. The hybrid inverter would take over that load center and then power those loads and charge the batteries. Uh, we'll charge the batteries and then um, power the load center. Um, so it made it way more complicated. Now being, fall back on what I was saying about everything integrated into it basically it's just pushing everything right back to that main panel you don't have to worry about having only a few key items your power in your whole home um, I mean it's still kind of a sticky conversation depending on how much capacity you have I mean a lot of these plug-and-play battery backup systems 10 kW at 400 volts is not a lot of power I mean you have to be really selective I mean, do we, you know, do we want to, um, yeah, do we want to have folks power in their whole house on a 10 kW battery bank? It's probably not realistic. Um, but that, that was another way to kind of limit what people were doing when they go onto their battery. Um, it's like, look. You know, you only have so much power. Let's be realistic about if an emergency happens, what do you want to power and for how long? It's kind of like that million-dollar question. Is a is a a solar expert? Those are like the first questions you ask for folks. That's um, to get realistic about what they want to power. Now that it's the cost of batteries are coming down and these are easier to install and inspectors are a lot more friendly about permitting these um, we're seeing larger systems so well, let's talk about the interaction with the grid so so you noted there is some listing requirements uh, for the system for the batteries and for the system but the utility company is involved so there is some interaction between your your system and the grid what needs to how do they talk what needs to happen so that the utility company feels comfortable with you having a system that's tied into their grid so 
Unfortunately, a lot of the decision makers aren't solar experts that are writing these codes at this point, and we're we're trying to get in the middle of that so we can help um, educate these folks on a national level that you know our what we're doing is safe and finding a middle ground so that safety is first and foremost and um, and then we can come to an agreement on you know what listings and, and what what standards are are finalized so that you know we can um, so we can have a, a good solution that's easy for everyone um, right now some states have adopted 9540A for the battery and then uh, 9540 for the inverter battery setup is the complete system. So that's basically the only guideline that's... You uh, said most states, not all states. Not all states, no. There's still a handful of states out there that haven't adopted that. California is a big one. Um, Texas, I can't hit on every state that's mm -hmm. fully adopted it. Um, but that's, I have a feeling that that's going to spread throughout the country. That that's going to be a national standard. So what my hope is um, in that regard is that um, they're going to they're gonna agree on a UL listing for the inverter. Once a battery has got the 9540A listing, they're going to marry those two together and it's going to be all compliant so that you don't have to have a listing on each inverter that you want to use because at some point there's going to be so many different inverter companies out there it's going to be expensive and not realistic to be able to list a battery with every component so that's what I'm hoping to see happen it's it's looking um, it's looking good so far hopefully in 2023 that'll become a standard and um, I'm excited about that. Well, let's talk about the solar aspect of it. So when you talk about the grid shutting down, now you can have power off your batteries, which is a, a nominal capacity. Your last outage lasted seven days. So uh, how important is it to have a, uh, a good solar system and how ubiquitous is battery backup with solar compared to just battery backup? So um, I think solar battery backup is very important because that gives you the ability to run autonomously when we have these outages. So what the solar is doing is charging those batteries or um, all in all, that solar is putting either power to the load or power to the battery and then we're able to run off of that. So that's that's a huge part of this because there's other, otherwise we're back to the generator situation. We have to have a way to charge those batteries back up unless we have it just doesn't seem realistic to have enough autonomy in your battery or reserve power in that battery bank to be able to offset just a random number of days that we're going to have an outage for so um, I w I'm leaning heavily on any integration that I'm a part of I definitely start with the solar and then um, just depending on what the customer needs like there are some applications where just a battery based system makes sense with no solar no pv associated with it that um for a cpap or one or two just really critical loads that could be life-threatening if if folks don't have them um computer equipment so folks can stay 
able to work. So they're able to work during the day. Um, I mean, that seems realistic to me. So. Well, I'm personally excited about the prospect of having a lot more solar and battery throughout the grid because ultimately what it does is it stabilizes the grid. It stabilizes the grid for everybody, even if there's just a large fraction of people that have solar and batteries. It makes it easier for the utility companies to continue to, to keep the grid open if there's always energy on the grid. Is that accurate? I agree. Yeah, I think that the grid is becoming overwhelmed. Um, I have personally worked with some utilities in California over the last 10 years. I, I specialized in you or basically solar integration for utilities. That was a huge market I was a part of and I've worked with these folks and it's it's extremely tough for them to do their job. There's so much red tape. Um, they have to go through so much safety to to um, implement any new products or any any new technology. So um, I think I think that that's that's a huge part of them being able to focus on modernizing their grid and the infrastructure, which is in California, it's really behind. So doing that and then just be able to either offset your uh, time of use, or like your either time of use or your peak demands, then you can help offset those. I mean, the last time I checked, it was around, it was in the 40 cent range for peak for us. So, um, I mean, it's, it's getting to the point where it's, it makes sense to add batteries to your system. To it's, help it's economical those. to peak shave. Yes. Basically. So, so what can make the products that exist now better? I would say ease of use for the end users because essentially those are the folks that are dealing with it it's not the contractor you know by ease of use do you mean installation or just regular usage day after day just regular usage day after day if 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 we can get um, just a self-reliant system that basically that takes care of itself you don't have to manage your batteries you don't have to maintain them um you know that's um yeah so it's battery management and maintenance that is kind of a pain point right now for folks that have these systems i would say um or i imagine some are better than others some are better than others that's a tough one to hit on because like the the existing the schneiders the um, the outbacks, those get really complicated. And I think that those are tough to manage for, um, and they're getting better. I think that it's tough to manage for just a, an everyday user. Um, if there's any kind of troubleshooting or um, any maintenance stuff, your system's down, you're waiting for an experienced technician that's able to work on that stuff. Um, I, I think that... Um, I think the biggest pain point is, I don't think we've seen our biggest pain point. I don't think the battery capacity that's being delivered in a lot of these battery backup systems is what people think it is. I think 10 kW of battery backups, not realistic for whole home battery backup. So I think that um, 
having a lower cost, higher capacity system to where you can actually power and be comfortable powering the things that you want in off-grid mode, um, I think that that would be a huge one. Um, that That's my main focus right now, getting costs down when, when working on battery storage for residential and commercial. So that's that's the big one right now. And then just ease of use for the contractors so that they can do more installations, not have to worry about maintenance. Um, we want their phones to, to not ring on maintenance stuff and just new installs. Well, that certainly is a part of our mission at Dragonfly. We want to see the costs coming down. And I mean, I personally see a future, as I kind of alluded to, but everybody has a solar system and a battery system because ultimately that will stabilize the grid to the point where the utility company doesn't have to build another coal plant. They could put, for example, an, a, a wind farm or, or another uh, you know, solar uh, array, which is cheaper, really cheaper than making a, a fossil fuel burning plant. So how do you see the future looking in this, in this market? I would say new battery technologies, which we're on the forefront of, um, safer, cheaper, um, easier to monitor and maintain and those are all things that, that are on our radar and um, I'm excited about so I, I would say that those are the those are the biggest steps into the future of this um, so that we can we can get into these large large battery storage systems in in down like work our way from the bottom up beyond every home on every larger battery backup system um, and deliver a safe reliable product well I'm gonna put you on the spot now and you know you you are you've been in this space a while uh, you're knowledgeable why are you doing this I'm doing this because I'm, I'm passionate you know I've I've found a, a spot I found a career that I can be passionate about it I love um, First of all, I love the buzz around it. It's new and fresh, and people are excited about it. It's not like a normal, um, you know, not designing the, f the framing for a home. I'm not putting that down. It's just people expect that it's just going to get done, and it's not really a topic of conversation. You know, once you're involved in solar, it's just it's hype and new, and people are excited. Um, and... I love the idea of, of having um, just offsetting offsetting the grid, bringing reliable power to folks, and um, bringing a, a safer, uh, clean energy solution to help offset the carbon footprint. I think that that's a big deal. I have a son. You know, I want you know I want it to be a safer place for him. I mean, all in all, um, that's really important to me. Um, I think it's important to our future, and you know, I would just like to see us just be a cleaner environment. All in all, I appreciate your passion, and you know, I couldn't agree more. And I just want to say we love having you on the team. I love being here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Billy, and uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I was excited when you asked me, so I appreciate it. 
I'd like to thank today's guest, Billy Huss, for joining me on the Limitless Energy podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms.